Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I'm juiced, man. I'm juiced. It's the Wednesday pod. Probably not going to go two hours because we just have a lot of news breaking and we got to get to more stuff. Doug Marie, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird. Yesterday, it was like, eh, I got to use my sad voice. I'm using my juiced up voice. And if you're a tech subscriber, I was bombarding you during the Wednesday Zoom call with Ryan Day. And the reason is because Ryan Day mapped out a plan to save what I would view as a pretty legitimate Ohio State football season. That's what I'm juiced up about. Someone said like, oh, Doug, you always say you're not a fan, and then something like this happens, you get all juiced. It's not the idea of saving Ohio State football specifically that gets me juiced. I like ideas themselves. I like creative thinking when it feels like all hope is lost, and this felt like a scientific discovery to me. I thought we were getting on a Zoom call with Ryan Day to talk about how sad everybody was, are guys going to transfer, how are they going to manage scholarships next year, and he was like, dudes, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about January football. So my juice scale, on a scale of no juice, yesterday was not a lot of juice for anybody associated with Ohio State football. Zero to 100 juice scale, I'm at 100. Nathan. The idea, this is what we're going to talk about this podcast, the idea of Ohio State football in January, because we'll get to all the post-mortem stuff if we actually need it. What's your juice rating on a scale of zero to 100 about this January possibility that we're about to get into? So obviously my pessimism about being able to play in the spring is pretty well documented. It's been that way since we first brought up this conversation. Though the one thing that, and and I kind of started leaning this way yesterday when we talked about it, the one thing that I could see working out is kind of the model that he's proposing where you play very early in the winter and whether that works out in Wisconsin and Columbus, Ohio remains to be seen, but playing in January, February, March, a very shortened season, and then following up with a very shortened season in the fall too. That would be another part of this. It probably means another catastrophic financial hit for the Mac, but that's not something the big ticket can wor- worry about. If it can make this work, a very shortened season, maybe division-only season, or, or I guess he said eight games in the spring, and then very, something probably similar to that in the fall to limit the number of collisions, for lack of a better 
term that these players are exposed to, I think that's the thing that could potentially work. I think it would also be interesting to see, though, what that means for like postseason things like that. I I don't know. Um, But just being able to play big 10 games, I'm, I'm open to to talking more about it. My God, you just reduced my juice rating in half with that answer. I asked you for your juice rating and you gave me your thesis about right. What's your juice rating? Well, I think that that reflects my juice rating. That my juice rating. Can you give a number? Can you give a juice rating number, or do you not want to participate in the podcast? Forty, forty-seven. Stephen, what's your juice rating number? Forty-five. Oh my god! All right, I'm doing the podcast by myself. (laughs) Listen, the idea of I, I respect the idea of it, but as I stated on Tuesday's podcast, you're because they've canceled fall season. Okay, stop, 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 though. I don't want to go backwards because we gained new information today. So let's let's whatever we said Tuesday doesn't matter. This didn't change your mind. So go ahead and say what you think. I don't care what you said on Tuesday. This is Wednesday. And what Ryan Day said on Wednesday was different. So give me your Wednesday thought. Don't reference your Tuesday thought. It was different, but you're still messing in order to do it, you okay, eight games in the in a January spring, and then you don't, you still don't have a full 12 game schedule in the fall. So you're basically, you're cutting down two seasons because you lost the fall. So first of all, we're not going to call it spring football because it's not. And I think that is a gigantic distinction. Yeah, winter football. We're calling it winter football. We've been talking about spring football. And I know some people said, well, when do you start? Ryan Day's proposal is winter football, eight games of winter football. And in his mind, that is vastly different. And he said this from anything you would do in the spring. You're increasing the gap. The the reason we say you can't play two two football seasons in one calendar year is because the recovery time is compressed, right? Ryan Day, I thought, Nathan, he was really trying to couch January football as really just still part of this fall almost that you play into January anyway right I mean if you go to the national championship game you play two games in January so you have the wear and tear from this fall that you don't have it would reduce spring football or bail on spring football or whatever where you have some wear and tear I really thought and and, and we can get into so your juice ratings are your juice ratings combined are less than my juice rating man don't you feel like there still are just – I mean, there, there's some correlators here too, though. He was, he was the one who said if the NFL is also kind of on board with this mm-hmm. and willing to move some things around, which they and may be. The NFL like, has said – Ian Rappaport reported on Wednesday the NFL is willing to play ball. Right. So, so that's, you know, that's one of the things that, that hasn't been fully decided yet. And even if, even if the NFL is willing to play ball – are these college players still going to want to play next spring? I think that is also still a big part of it. It's something that Ryan Day is putting some faith in, that it would at least give some of these players a better option than not playing at all. But how many of them would go along with it? I don't know. That's why I can't get – you know, that still presses down on my juice rating a little bit. Which would a little then, bit. I guess, I guess that would still help juice the fruit. I don't know what I'm saying there. but I'll tell you what, Steven – this grumpy old 42-year-old who was waiting for the gas man at his house on Wednesday morning still has a higher juice rating than you. Yeah. When did you become cynical and not believing in the power of Ryan Day to change the course of college football history? I expect no juice from Nathan Baird, the pragmatist. Steven, let's I let think, it rip, man. Let it rip. I think the idea of what he's – 
semi-proposed here. No, no, no. No oh, semi. He's, oh, he's, Ryan he's, he's going, that he's going with. Everything that's involved with it sounds good. If everybody, Justin Fields, Sean Wei, Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers are all on board with it. But also, I think the most intriguing aspect of it, in, and we can get into this at some point in this podcast, if these early enrollees can play in, this, in a January winter season and still play in the fall, and it still only count as one year of eligibility because it's still the calendar year. So you can get a Justin Fields, Travion Henderson back, backfield, but also instead of getting 15 spring pra- practices reps, you're getting in-game experience. So imagine how that, you know, I guess accelerates, especially a guy like Travion Henderson or even Ja'Kalen Johnson guys who have a realistic chance of getting on the field as freshmen in the fall. While for Kyle McCord, he also speeds up his clock because now he's even footing with C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, and he joins that backup quarterback battle and then you can get into the starting so yes the idea of it should have you juiced up to the I'm not gonna say 100 but 90 but a lot of this is still I have to see some of this actually get into place first okay so here's the thing the the idea that Ryan Day broached I mean again this guy who has presented the best plans so far in college football through this mess a the players who have like united and b Ryan Day Ryan Day had more of a plan on a Zoom call with a bunch of huckleberries like us than Kevin Warren has ever expressed in his tenure so far as Big Ten Commissioner. I will say this. Go ahead. Just just quick. I mean, just it's Kevin. I mean, Ryan Day can come up with a plan and throw it out there and say it's his plan, and it's still just his plan. It's just one coach at Ohio State saying it. If Kevin Warren comes out and starts throwing around plans, they take on a much more official angle. So I don't know that's fully – I, I think the Big Ten should be more transparent and should be farther along in its planning about this right now. I wouldn't fully criticize Kevin Warren for not having just thrown plans out there yet. So one thing that happened, um, reacting to our texters who uh, just are such a great focus group for us. I mean, I think it. I just think about the old days of, of newspaper writing where, you know, somebody would send you a letter and call you a jackhole or say they like something. But I mean, it would be 10 days later later. And if it was like, if it was the post office now, the way the post office is being decimated, it would take five weeks to get a letter to somebody. The, Wasn't inst- it the worst thing ever when you could, you got a letter and you could tell there was a newspaper clip inside the letter because you knew that somebody had probably drawn like a big red circle around something yeah. that they thought you did wrong. Like oh, it was, yeah. you were always opening those with trepidation. Steven, I don't know if you know what a letter is or an envelope, yeah. but or a I mean, newspaper. I, I can catch you up. It's after always the hilarious to watch you guys show your age on this, on this podcast. Well, Wait, you don't get a letter. We all still get letters. Yeah, I, we I do, but I don't, I, I guarantee you, I will never get a newspaper clipping of a letter. Oh no, that's true. I guarantee you that will never happen. Steven, so somebody might mention me or the texters might talk to me. And I'll, I'll engage in that. I won't engage in for this. Steven means, when's the last time you got a letter from a human that wasn't a um, Oh, we got a – oh, we actually – no, we got a letter recently from somebody we helped move in. It was just a thank you. Oh, that was nice. Oh, yeah. that was good. Okay. I can't remember what I was going to say. So, Ryan Day – so, I get it. But one thing in, in, in these instantaneous reactions from tech subscribers, I was reading them Tuesday night, a lot of anguish, reading them Wednesday morning. We read a few of them on the Tuesday pod. There's just a lot more. Um, very critical of Kevin Warren. And I don't want to pretend we didn't cover it. The last question that we covered on Tuesday was Kevin Warren is a coward. So uh, I was not – that wasn't where my focus was because I was thinking mostly – and that's what matters is like the effect on Ohio State. Whatever the de- decision is, the effect on Ohio State. But 
as you read reactions from around the Big Ten, as you go through our tech subscribers, as you see some other people um, around Ohio State and the Ohio State media, some of whom I think have been very over the top, and there's going to be a reckoning of if Alabama and the SEC and Clemson and the ACC and everybody else also start also end up canceling. I mean, there are people who the stuff they're saying now, you're just going to look like a freaking idiot. So maybe chill out 5%. I mean, texters can do whatever they want because they're fans and they pay three ninety nine a month. If you are a media member, maybe chill out like a little bit because maybe I, you're not 100% right on everything. That's what I keep telling people. It's like, we don't know that these other schools are these other conferences are going to play football yet. I mean, you're, you're, you're making final judgment now on how the Big Ten handle this without seeing the, what ultimately is the final judgment of what these other conferences are doing. They're in the same position the Big Ten was in last Thursday. They just put out schedules. That's it. Yeah, and they reaffirmed they're going to try, but, I mean, they haven't done contact. All those people, I mean, the, again, the thing I'm very focused on is that the Big Ten stopped before they got to contact. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is at that point because their schedules are later. They haven't been – those big conferences haven't been forced to, to address as a time to do contact. But I do think Kevin Warren does probably deserve more criticism than we offered on Tuesday. People were pointing out that his Zoom – his background of his office is just like every award, every diploma, every newspaper story ever written about him. It's like, dude, like chill out a little bit with like the award. You can't even see the wall. All it is is awards. The question that he got asked about your kid plays in the SEC and like, are you going to let your kid play while you cancel the conference you're in charge of? And he didn't answer it. Like some of this stuff. And then the planning, right? The planning. So here's the thing that I do think about planning. You have to plan to do the thing that you think might happen. So like releasing the schedule, they actually, Nathan, they put decent planning into what that schedule was. Steven, you said it, the bye weeks, right? Didn't we all think that the schedule they presented last Wednesday actually was designed pretty well? Do we agree with that? I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So they planned pretty well for if things stay on track. And then they had to decide whether they would stay on track. It doesn't feel like they did any planning for what happens after you cancel. So I understand that to some degree because if you have – what's more important to plan for? What's more important to plan for keeping going than it is to plan for if we cancel? Because if we cancel, everything stops, and then you have a little time. So some of this stuff of – how could you cancel? And the players don't know their futures. It's like, it's been 24 hours. I, like if they don't have anything by Friday to the players about eligibility and scholarship waivers for next year and that kind of thing, that's a problem. I get that there is not every nook and cranny about every single player's future right now in the first 24 hours. I do get that a little bit, but it feels like the communication wasn't very good. And I do think they should have had a little more planning on we're postponing what does the postponement look like? And that Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, they didn't really say, was it, is it January? Is it, is it division only? Is it conference only? Is it this is what we're going to wait and see what happens with the SEC and ACC and then we'll decide when would it start? How long would it last? Would it affect 2021? Uh, all the specifics around roster management and financial stuff and eligibility of the individual players. I understand not having that ready, the way Ryan Day presented this on Wednesday, it made me it did make me think, guys, why didn't the Big Ten have a little more something with the postponement? Do you agree with that, or do you think, no, they had to announce their thing Tuesday, and there's plenty of time to plan for what's next if they try to play? No, I agree. I think Ryan Day had this, has some of the same thoughts that fans have had. Is you've had five months, 
and this is what happened, and now there's no plan after. So Ryan Day is under the – whatever his plan was, he's under the impression of we need to start doing this now. We don't have all this time because we say this now, but January is right around the corner. So if we want to do this, the conversations need to start today, right now. As soon as I get done with talking to these media, we need to do that. And I think that's part of his approach and why he was so – really aggressive and making his point that he wants a January season because one, he knows the earlier you start a spring season, the more you can make out of the fall, but also we have to start this as early as possible. We can't wait around because we think January is such so far away. Yeah. I, I put more criticism on the big 10 or, or Warren specifically for the lack of contingencies and maybe some of the lack of transparency, even in some of the medical process that went into the decision making than I necessarily do about the decision itself. That's one of those things where if the majority of Big Ten presidents and chancellors vote to cancel the season, there's nothing the commissioner can really do about it, especially if it's the vast majority of them. He's not, he is not an emperor. He can't talk them out of that. So I don't know how much of the decision I put in his lap. Um, same as I don't agree with some of the Ohio State fans that think Gene Smith should have like painted himself in blood and stood up on a table and jumped around or something to to try to rant and rave and get the Big Ten to reverse course like that just wasn't realistic but I do think from just a what, what the commissioner is supposed to be doing is is organizing and and kind of presenting things this has been one of the first episodes and I know it's it's unique I know it's not something anybody could really have a manual for how to get through to some extent and I know he's new on this job but this is one of the first times I can remember from my years covering the Big Ten where there has, where there has been this disjointed. Like, I feel like the Big Ten has been fairly unified in putting out kind of a single voice and being somewhat transparent in their reasoning, even if it didn't come out in the time frame that we wanted. But they have been able to put that out, and I think a lot of that's been lacking through this process. All right, so I don't want to spend too much more time on that because if there's not stuff, we'll have plenty of time to, <laughs> to whack Kevin Warren as needed. Um, but I do think uh, uh, it wasn't my it wasn't the first thing that I thought we had to address on Tuesday. But I want to make sure we touch on a little bit because really, I mean, a lot of people are feeling that there's some really good columns about it. I thought there was some really good tech uh, subscribers mentioning it. Again, if you want to be a tech subscriber, this has been a wild couple of days, and I can show you the tech subscriptions. People who are just are just loving this. I mean, Ryan Day's talking, and I'm texting out blow by blow, but also not just what he's saying, but what I think. And like, I'm not tweeting that stuff. Heck with it. I'm sending it to tech subscribers. They're instantaneously informed and they don't have to go look for this stuff. And then I'm telling them what's up and I'll tell you a little bit what's up. Go read my column about the Ryan Day plan and what he's trying to do here. And I'll just like, that's not a guess. Okay. Like this is the deal. This is what's happening with Ohio State. So join us, join us. And again, then if everything falls apart again, then, then bail, that's fine. But come aboard now. We've, we've gained a lot of people in the last couple of days. Come on, let's go. 614-350-3315. We want you in there. And I gave eight survey questions on Wednesday morning before the Ryan Day Zoom call to our tech subscribers, how they're feeling, what they think is going to happen. I bet some of those thoughts already changed because I bet you some people are on a hundred juice level, just like me, but we're going to go through some of those survey answers as we go through this podcast. But, I, but I want to, I want to address this and I'm again, no plan keeping it raw. My main point is this Ohio state did not get its way on cancellation. They wanted to keep going and the big 10 canceled. This feels to me like Ohio state throwing its weight around on the restart. 
And I think when Ohio State decides to throw its weight around is important. And it doesn't mean they get everything they want. Ryan Day said there's going to be back and forth. There's going to be concessions. But this feels purposeful to me. This feels planned. This feels like Ohio State saying, this is what we want, and we would like it to be, this is what we do. And Ohio State's leading the way on this. And I, I, I interrupted the end of the Zoom call after Jerry Emig went through everybody did a really good job getting as many people in there as possible to ask questions. And I interrupted it before we let Ryan Day get away because I wanted a, a cap-off answer from him. I wanted to make clear, listen, man, you just laid out a bunch of stuff. Do you think the Big Ten's going to listen? And he said, I don't know. I'm going to work really hard at it, but I feel strongly about what I'm saying. How much do you think that matters, Nathan? They, uh, we had a great discussion, and we'll never know exactly for sure – but I don't think Ohio State pounded their fists on the table over the cancellation. So it's this funny. That they're pounding their fists on the table with this, in my opinion. A little bit. I, it's funny. I did a, a radio interview yesterday. Um, I think it was prior to the cancellation. So earlier in the morning um, with a, and I can't remember where now, but somewhere down, I think it was an Alabama radio station. And they were kind of trying to get just a feel of, of how the dynamics in the Big Ten work. Um, because I had written in something about how it, you know, Ohio State typically doesn't really throw its weight around in, in a lot of ways. Here, I, I, I see some of the weight throwing that we're talking about. But I also think there's something to be said for what we were talking about previously, where it, in the absence of a plan, in, in, a, in a vacuum of leadership, if you step up and put forward a plan and, and have it out there and have people react to it as if it's reasonable and makes a lot of sense, I think that helps your cause. And if, if, that, if you think that's the one that's the most advantageous to you for some reason, which Ohio State might, but even if you just think it's like the most sound plan for everybody, the earlier you present it and get it out there, I think that's a benefit too. And I think that might be part of their thinking here. All right, Stephen Means, I'm looking at you on video. You do not have 19 stories about yourself on the wall behind you in your apartment. <laughs> but I am still going to make you play the role of Kevin Warren. Okay. If you were Kevin Warren and you watched Ryan Day's Zoom call, or obviously that's not the only way Ryan Day and Ohio State are communicating with Kevin Warren right now. They're getting this message out to him. A, what would you be thinking about the plan that Ryan Day is putting forward? And B, what would you be thinking about the way it's being put forward and who's putting it forward? That this is your flagship university and this is what they want. What's your initial reaction, Commissioner Means Warren? That I actually need to sit up and listen. Um, this is the most important school in your conference, not only with what Ryan Day had to say, but also Jonathan Cooper going on ESPN2 and saying things like, I don't feel like we were – points didn't feel like they were heard because there were no players in that room along with that discussion, helping that discussion take place and the decision happen. I think enough has happened over the last 48 hours where Ohio State has at least started to set a tone of, okay, we're, we're fine with the initial decision, but you need to listen to us now. And I think it needs to, I think his, whatever Kevin Warren's decision is, it needs to start by listening to Ohio State. And I think he understands that now because Ohio State has made it very clear. I think he needs to listen to. And I think there's a learning process for everybody, but. The I idea should start with them, period. And when they're willing to put, because sometimes they don't do that. Sometimes they don't want it to be, here's our idea. Sometimes it's like, well, let's all talk about this together. Mm -hmm. This is not that. And to me, Gene Smith, 
uh, has talked on TV. We have not talked to Gene yet. I'm, I, I hope Jerry sets up a, a conference call with Gene in the next couple of days. I bet he does. They've been pretty good about that. I, 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 bet, I, I think Gene's busy right now, but I bet you they get us Gene soon. I don't think this is Ryan Day popping off. I don't know that there's anything, right? I mean, I don't think this is like Ryan Day saying stuff that Gene Smith and Christina Johnson are like, what? Whoa, hold. Because he's saying, listen, Ryan Day basically made the point. We talked to people yesterday, and then Gene Smith said it again when he left the Woody to some reporters on Tuesday night. Nothing for the fall, right? We're not, we're not going to try to play in the fall. Ryan Day said on the call Wednesday, well – the reporters kind of not jumped Gene, but kind of caught him, maybe caught him. And I, I can't remember the word he used, but it was like, well, just because the AD said something when he was walking out of the building and there were a couple reporters there, doesn't mean that's actually what we're going to do, right? So he said they, that Gene and Ryan talked a lot on Tuesday night. We, you, we've used, you have used the word going rogue in a couple headlines this week, Nathan. I mean, do you think it, did you think this was Ryan Day going rogue, or did you think this is Ryan Day expressing what Gene Smith and Christina Johnson and Ryan Day and the university and the athletic department and the football team all believe what should happen, which is a, a January football season? Well, I mean, well, the, the going rogue wouldn't necessarily apply to the January football season. I guess you're saying that the, the threat of doing something in the fall would be the going or, rogue or, part. Or, yeah. And he had a lot of ideas. Do you think he was speaking on behalf of the university or do you think he was a football coach to say what he thinks? No, I do believe that there is some um, cohesive thought right now, some cohesive perspective from Ohio state, from the administration on down. I do get that impression from Ryan day. In fact, I even specifically asked him that question. You know, he had put out there the, the fight hashtag the other day. And um, you know, so does he think Ohio state fought from top on down, um, for there to be fall football or for there to be a 2020 season. And he said he did, and he kind of gave some examples as to why. So I do think that the Ohio state is, is unified now in, in the things that it's going for. I know that that was a, a, a question early on, like as we got into the start of the week, just because some of the conflicting reports that were out there. But um, again, I, I also thought to that what we heard from him today, though, you know, these questions about the fall, whether they're about leverage or not, it's also, I, I could plausibly believe that they're just about, a school doing its own due diligence. Like, you know, if, if, are we allowed to play non-sanctioned uh, scrimmages that we organize is the big 10 saying we can't possibly do that. Even if it's just among other big 10 schools, like that's just a question to ask. I think it, it, it could be something as simple as that. Okay. I want to take a break and I want to do a couple things here. One is I want to start going through the survey of eight questions that we sent out to tech subscribers on Wednesday morning, where they are on some of this stuff. And then I found this very interesting, the way Ryan Day talked about the 2020 Ohio State football team. I, it opened my eyes a little bit, and I was a little bit surprised about it. So we will discuss that when we come back on Buckeye Talk. Again, this is a juice-filled edition. There is a 192 uh, juice rating on this podcast out of a possible 300. A hundred of that is from me. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk, Doug, Stephen, Nathan. Guys, what I, what I was surprised about a little bit is exactly how good Ryan Day thinks this team is or was. He said it was a once-in-a-lifetime type of team. 
I saw Stuart Mandel say that he would have picked Ohio State to win the national championship. I think Matt Miller, I'm trying to look it up. He's a draft analyst guy from Bleacher Report. He's, he said something. Oh, he said, this is the best Ohio State team I've seen in my career. And Pantone retweeted that. Listen, Matt Miller knows a lot about, about the draft and stuff. Pantone retweeted that with nine exclamation points. I don't know if Pantone listens to this. I think sometimes he's, he knows what's said on this. Mark Pantone is going to wear out his exclamation point key <laughs> or his exclamation point emoji. Mark Pantone yeah. is not leaving much doubt about what he thinks about <laughs> things. And he thinks it is outrageous that Ohio State season was canceled. And he really is fighting, just like everybody, but he's really out there publicly fighting on behalf of the players, trying to find a way to play. How did this happen? Why did this happen? It's not right. We thought Ohio State was good, right? We knew that. I think I would have said, if you ask me which is the better team, 2019 Ohio State or 2020 Ohio State, because of Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and the fact that both teams have Justin Fields and everything, I think I still would have said 2019. I think I did say that in the past. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think we had that discussion. And I'm not sure, Stephen, did you vote for 2020 Ohio State? Because the world, Ryan Day feels like he's voting for 2020 Ohio State. Matt Miller just voted for it. Mark Pantone put exclamation points on it. Stephen, what did you think of the way Ryan Day described this team as a -a once-in-a-lifetime type team? Not surprised that he did that. One, because I think – I don't think we know how good Justin Fields is yet. And I think he does because obviously he's gotten the chance to develop him over the last two years. And we saw 41 touchdowns, and I think he's going to top that. And I think Ryan Day knows he's going to top that. And he knows that the guy he's competing with is a guy who might be the number one pick in the NFL draft, so it starts there. He knows what the weapons Justin Fields is going to have around him. He knows what the offensive line is. And the questions are in a place where who are being coached by a guy who has consistently produced first-round NFL draft picks. That's the big question about this Ohio State team is the secondary. So I'm not surprised that – and there's, five, there's top 105-star guys in the secondary who just haven't lived up to that yet. So I'm not surprised that Ryan Day thinks that this team is probably the best team he's seen as far as his coaching career, mostly because he spent all of last year with a team who was pretty much complete, saying that nobody respected them. Nathan, were you surprised? Do you agree with the assessment? It's difficult to – completely agree or disagree with the sentiment just because we haven't seen these guys these defensive guys especially that we've been you know had some questions about the way that Ryan Day has so I think that that did lead me to think that maybe he has some real optimism for those guys I also think though in this answer I I I heard a little bit of I think there was some emotion there too he wasn't just talking about from a football x and o standpoint that it was a really special team I think there's something about this group with him, you know, that he he'll be have them for a second year that he's bonded with this team, probably even more so, especially because of all they've gone through for the past five months, that he's probably bonded with this group in a different way than he was able to with that first group um, that he was, even though he was still familiar with those guys that now you're in your second year as a head coach, you're building towards this thing. You went through what you went through at the end of last season and you saw how people responded to that. I just think all of those things, I, I, some percentage of his answer, I think, was emotion, too, or just kind of a, a feeling. It wasn't just football X's and O's. But also the Clemson thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Last year's team That's what I mean, was, like losing that game. Yeah, that way. yeah, because I think last year's team, a lot of that was, okay, let's not have a hiccup. And before the Northwestern game, that was the big thing, is this going to be their hiccup. 
this team doesn't have that. This team has a we were robbed of a national championship. Now we're gonna go get what's ours anyway. I think top of so there's that's where the emotion comes in. Do you think it would have been appropriate to be like, Ryan, I know this is an emotional time for you. I know you've laid out a very complex plan to save college football, but just real quick, when you said that was a once in a lifetime team, wouldn't you say Chase Young is more effective as a pass rusher than what Tyreek Smith, Zach Johnson, and Javante Jean-Baptiste might offer you? And, I, and how do you think the loss of Jeffrey Okuda will affect the secondary? I might, I might differ with the idea that go down that road. Should anyone have gone down that road with Ryan Day? On that yeah, emotion. Yeah, I think there's a way to ask it. Yeah, I think there's a way to ask that. Yeah. I don't. I, I think that is a – I don't know if I would have asked him that today. I think that's an, a question to ask. I mean, hey, if they play football, if they're going to be playing football in January, I think that absolutely is a question yeah. to bring back to him But going into that. Say, hey, okay, we're going to follow up on this question from three months ago where you said that 2020 yeah. is going to be better than um, – two Heisman finalists, including one on defense and the 2,000-yard yeah. running back and the number three pick in the draft at cornerback and another first-round pick at cornerback. All right, so draw us the line. Like, to, specifically, what, do you, where, what are you seeing? Yeah. How much time to ask that question. Talking, I don't think it was today. I think if they're steamed towards a January season in November, that's probably going to be the first things to have at that point because then you can talk football. Nathan, are you comfortable discussing your wife on this podcast or would you prefer not to? I think I have previously. Can we talk about your wife just absolutely kneecapping Ryan Day on, <laughs> on this Zoom call? Yeah, let's do it. The, oh, this, okay. this call is like 70. I think there were like 70 people on there. It's just like 70 football ding-dongs talking football. And your wife is a business writer and basically was like, Ryan Day, why won't you give back your money? And Ryan Day was like, uh, well, I don't know. And she was like, Ryan Day, why won't you give back your money? I Let's thought not it was, verbatim how she asked no. the questions, but it's our, it's a it's a fair interpretation of it. I mean, and 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 somebody she was the only one kind of asking those sort of financial questions. Those are questions better relayed for Gene Smith. I think he does have some, you know, that's probably one of the things he's working on right now instead of talking to us is figuring out what's going to happen money wise with this athletic department. But um, yeah, and this isn't the first time Ryan Day's been asked those questions. You've asked him that question too. You've written about it, and and a lot of other programs, the the coaches have taken salary cuts, have volunteered salary cuts. So I'm I'm curious what ends up happening along those lines with Ohio State because Ryan Day has never said, yeah, I'll give I'll give a little bit. Like he really hasn't said that yet. No, he he hasn't, and. And like, I'm a little, I don't know, I guess you don't want to be pinned down on it. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm a little surprised he hasn't done it yet. But um, I mean, it's so, listen, I mean, uh, we like this football stuff is fun. I, I'm, this is important to talk about. I mean, football is important. But when you get down to the nitty gritty of all this stuff, I mean, the money aspect of all of this is just it, absolutely vital. Because guess what? Money is important everywhere. So I mean, that is it's, – it's not a second-day question. It is a first-day question, which is why Haley asking it was absolutely appropriate and that it needed to be asked. And I didn't think Ryan Day had a great answer for it. So – and obviously, you know, if they don't play any football games, you can't pay the football coaches the same amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't, which is why I wrote that. He's got to take a pay cut. It's just obvious. If all your – if your revenue is – decreases by 80%, your expenditures have to decrease. And you can't pay a head football coach five or six million dollars. So it needs to be asked. I just wanted to give your wife props. Not not that she's your wife, Haley. And I don't, I don't know if I should say her last name or not. I mean, like Haley got it done. So it's just funny to me. Were you in the same 
room? Were you on the same couch? No. No. She, so I had been over to wait for the gas guy who never came earlier today. And then I came home and took over uh, supervision of the puppy while she then drove back across town to the new house to drop some stuff off, do this call, and then be there for when the gas guy did eventually come. So we're just tag teaming that stuff right now. She just doesn't want to be in the same place with you because she doesn't want to give up her scoops. She just want to have you overhearing her. So she's like, oh, I got to go over and wait in the other house. Uh, you stay here. I'm going to go. <laughs> no, we were, I was texting her to say, man, what a bunch of schlubby scuzzballs this. Because you, you could just watch us all show up on It's like four pages of just a bunch of guys like us. All on that still, Zoom somehow call. some people don't know how to use the mute button. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it's, that's very relatable. I mean, I think across the world, the Zoom, the Zoom etiquette that people have displayed in these times is not always great. Yeah, okay. Speaking of pounding on tables, I think Jerry Emig's going to just just break a desk in half at some point from people who don't know how to turn their, <laughs> yeah. their mute on. It's, it's really not too much to ask. Um, all right. I want to get to a couple of these survey questions from tech subscribers. And again, this went out before the Ryan Day Zoom. And, and so it might affect it. I also sent out one after the Ryan Day Zoom of what do you think of the January plan? But we'll get that to, the, get that to that at the end of the podcast because I want to keep giving people time to vote on that. These votes happen very quickly. People, when they get these surveys, they jump on it. Question one. Again, this was sort of in the emotion still, the lingering emotion, the raw emotion of the, the announcement. I, I let people, after we had a flurry of texts on Tuesday, I sort of said to people, listen, let's sleep on it. We'll all sleep on it, and then we'll come back. And I do want to tell the texters, and I, we want to do this for the texters and obviously the podcast audience. I asked people to just sort of like send their thoughts. And we're not going to get to those today because there was an unexpected amount of news off this conference call. Uh, but we'll get to those on Thursday and Friday and as we keep going through. There's just a lot of good expressions of how people are feeling and why Ohio State football is so important to them. But let's get to the survey. Question number one, how do you feel right now about the Big Ten canceling football? Guys, these were the four options. Totally smart, safety first, the virus is still too prevalent. I'm outraged, they should be planning for a season right now. It's too early, even if canceling is the right move, not yet. Shouldn't have done it yet. Or it's a tough call, I'm disappointed, but I get it. Which one of those do you think leads the voting right now? Like super outraged, just shouldn't have done it yet, disappointed but understanding, or totally agree with the decision? Steven, which one do you think is leading? Just shouldn't have done it yet is probably leading. Nathan. I'm sorry, when did it go out? Because I think that's – It went out – all these went out like 10 a.m. on Wednesday morning, and most of the votes were in before the Ryan Day Zoom call that happened at noon. I would say, I think I probably then, on that time frame, agree that it's probably the, it's, even if it's the right decision, it's too soon. So that is correct. 56%, even if canceling is right, not yet, that's 56%. Outrage, they should be planning for a season, is 23%. Tough call, I'm disappointed, but I get it is 18%, and totally smart, safety first, virus still too prevalent, is 4%. So basically that's 79% who didn't like it. So nobody's shocked by that, right? I actually, well, I actually thought that last one might have a little bit higher. Not a lot higher, but like more like 8 to 10%. Even among a, even among a, a, a fan base of Ohio State fans, I thought there'd be enough people 
who, because we were seeing that, I thought, in the text. A lot of answers that I was seeing in the text and a lot of the feedback I get on Twitter was people saying they can't play. They're not going to play. It's not safe to play. So I thought that percentage might be a little higher. There are definitely, I mean, there's, there's a segment of people who write about this stuff that have thought that for a while and, and applauded the Big Ten decision. Um, Shannon Ryan from the Chicago Tribune, who's been really smart and interesting about all this stuff, has written a lot of really good stories, broke, broke the story of the Illinois running back opting out. She was very much pro-cancellation. Christine Brennan from US Today, very pro-cancellation. Steve Politi, who covers uh, Rutgers, is a great, one of the best columnists in the country for NJ.com and our company, very pro-cancellation. Um, David Jones from PennLive.com, I think, has been very, very cautious about this, doesn't think people should play. So there definitely are people who thought exactly, timing or not, whatever, like that was the right decision. But again, only 4% of our voters thought that. Again, this is before the Ryan Day Zoom call. So this is what people were feeling in the moment. Question two, what are your feelings toward Ohio State leaders right now? One option was they were stuck. If the rest of the league wants to cancel, there's nothing else that they could do. One answer is, I'm angry. OSU leaders should have done more to prevent cancellation. And the other answer was, I'm proud. They tried to fight for football, but eventually went along with the conference decision. So, like, super mad still, like, kind of feeling bad they were stuck where they were supposed to do, or, you know what, good job, you represented Ohio State well. Nathan, what do you think got the highest vote total? I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of anger still among, directed at Ohio State. So I'm saying that I, I guess I would pick the most angry one. I'm, that's at least what's coming to me through my social media feeds. Steven. Yeah, anger probably dominated that. I'd be surprised if anybody was on the most positive side of that survey. So one interesting thing about a survey like this is, and again, I mean, if does anybody want me to kiss the tech subscribers butt anymore? It's not kissing butt. It's because I love it. I love, I love, I'm supposed to do an interview next week with a guy who does a media blog nationally and is very interested in tech and new media innovations. And we're going to talk about the tech subscription um, because it's just worked better than anybody ever thought it would. But the angry people speak out, right? This is true in everything. Squeaky mm-hmm. wheel gets the grease. The angrier you are, the more likely you are to say something. So if your opinion is like, well, you know, I, I, I mean, you might just keep it to yourself. So the survey, because it's not just people who are prompted to share their opinion by their emotion. It's like a survey coming to them. What do you think? There is more sort of in between I'm okay with things. There's more of an attitude of that through this whole survey than only reading Twitter comments or tech subscribers would lead you to believe, which is why this is so valuable. So I will tell you the voting on this was, I'm angry. Ohio State leaders should have done more, 44%. They were stuck. If the rest of the league wants to cancel, there's nothing else they can do. 37 percent so pretty close there and then i'm proud they tried to fight for football then went along 19 percent so that's that's 56 percent not angry 56 percent not like oh my gosh they blew it which i was a little surprised by no i i guess it doesn't surprise me again that that angry was the most prevalent of those three but i guess it also doesn't surprise me that there are people who see that especially considering the timing of that survey. If you had put that survey out right after the decision, certainly yeah. if you'd put that, if you'd put mm-hmm. that out Monday um, at noon after that morning's um, reporting, 
that number would have been much higher because there was a lot more um, bad information out there, I guess, potentially, that was pointing at Ohio State being one of the people maybe leading the charge to get the season canceled. I think had you put it out before Gene Smith got on the BTN and talked and basically said that he and Christina Johnson fought and were not in favor of canceling the season, it would have been completely angry. But after you've lived with it for a moment and you've also gotten a little bit more information and you kind of calm down your emotion a little bit and think a little bit more, I wouldn't we say logically, but you know, we don't know exactly what, I mean, no, we're not going to know. I mean, I know people have said, I hope someone does a TikTok or does an inside the vote kind of story. Eventually we don't know right now what actually went down on the zoom call mm -hmm. between big 10 presidents. And I don't know that we know for sure. I mean, I don't know that anybody's actually reported exactly what a final, if there was a final vote, what it may or may not have been, if there was sort of like unanimous agreement or they, everybody, even if you disagreed, they kind of just said, you know what, we got to cancel. Or, I don't know. I think maybe they got spooked. I, so we know there was a 12-2 report initially. We don't know. So I don't know exactly what Ohio State did or didn't vote, but I do think Ohio State has done a pretty good job in the last couple of days of getting the word out that they didn't want this, right? And that they tried to fight it, but yet they aren't going to go as far. There was, I mean, there was an anonymous quote from a Big 12 official that I read today from a reporter that said, the Big 12 is very, very divided right now. At the moment, the Big 12 is continuing. But this quote said, if the Big 12 cancels, they think Oklahoma and Texas will be in the SEC next year. That, like, Oklahoma and Texas need to get what they want or they might bail. And I think Oklahoma and Texas want to play. That is not what people are saying about the Ohio State attitude, which we have said all along. That's not how they play the game, which is why – when they do choose to use their power, which is what we think they're doing with the January push, I think sometimes it's more effective because they don't use it haphazardly. They don't use it viciously. You know, they use it very sort of strategically. But I don't know. I mean, I do think, Nathan, Ohio State's wanted to get that message out of like, listen, we didn't just roll over on this, right? Well, yeah, and I think there are some people out there, the ones I'm hearing in my feeds, that I think are mistaking the unified voice that the Big Ten put out. You know, there was a quote yesterday. Somebody actually called me on this. There was a quote that Gene Smith gave yesterday after I had kind of said, hey, here's our reporting on this. Ohio State, it doesn't appear, was voting in favor of this. And he put out, the, threw the quote back at me that I had used about how the, the science came at us and we had to act. So I can't remember exactly what the exact quote was. And I said, I think he's saying, by us there, he's not saying Ohio State. He's saying the Big Ten. In, in a lot of these cases, the Big Ten is kind of like a state in the electoral college. It, you know, no matter what the actual vote was inside the state, you still it, it all of those electoral votes go to that candidate. And I feel like that's kind of what this was here. You know, it might have been 12 to two. It might have been nine to three or six or seven to five. But, you know, at the end of the day, they had to come up to a consensus. And that's how they present it as a consensus. That is kind of a that is old school Big Ten. Right. That's what the Big Ten typically does. It, it does has all the faults you might find in the Big Ten. At the end of the day, when they make these decisions, they are always presented presented as being a, a, a unified voice. 14 teams in the Big Ten, right? So the vote was not 10 to 9, 3, or 7, 5. What? Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, so, yeah, 8, eight to 6. Math. Just like to brag about math. I was an English major. I took calculus my senior year, and then I went to Russia on a trip for school, and I missed two weeks, and I came back, and I, didn't, I couldn't catch up on calculus <laughs> at all. And so 
my college transcripts that I sent out showed that I was taking calculus. And then as soon as I sent them out in my applications, I dropped calculus and took anthropology. So that's my advice. Any kids out there, have calculus on your college transcript, on your high school transcript to show the colleges and then drop it. And so then lie. you, what's that? Lie. No, no, no. It's a very, I would differ with lie. At the time that if the transcript fail, went out, so fit, it's a nuance. I yeah. was enrolled in calculus <laughs> and within six minutes of dropping said transcript in the mail, I was no longer in calculus. So you, so use the technicality. Technically, technically, it's in the same calendar year, so it's only one season. Exactly. Listen, man. <laughs> Technicalities make the world go round. And, and and listen, right or wrong, am I on an Ohio State podcast five times a week? I mean, listen, what? it worked out. It worked Did it out work? For you. So look, listen. Every good idea is a great idea if it works. Question three. This is a great one. Some of these questions I asked were good. Some of them weren't so good. This one, I think I, I really wanted to know this. Ideally, what do you wish Ohio State football would do right now? Now, again, and this is why I'm so like blown away by the January plan, because it was not in my head. I, I said, best, let's backtrack for one second. I know whatever spring meant, I know that people had kind of maybe said, January-ish, February-ish, March, you know, you didn't know exactly. Nobody thought that they were going to, like, start in April and play until May. They weren't going to actually start on the first day of spring or anything. But th just the plan that Ryan Day explained on Wednesday, that is just not at all what was in my head. Maybe that leads – that's part of why my juice factor is so high. Steven, like, were you already kind of thinking that that kind of thing might be out there – or the way Ryan Day explained it, did that sort of smack you in the face as like a new idea as well? It was more put together of an idea than I thought it would be for, you know, someone who just found out 24 hours ago that they weren't going to be playing football in the fall. I, I think that's more, for me, anything. Whether they started in February, April, or January, it didn't matter. I just thought this was it didn't seem scramble. Like I'm just going to throw this on the wall now and see if it sticks. They, this seems genuinely put together and they're ready to present this. Even if they didn't give us, they gave us a lot of details and which, which means there's probably a lot more to it. And they're ready. If Kevin Warren wanted to get on a zoom call Friday and start this off, they're ready to completely present an idea and have answers for a lot of things. Any questions that he would have. That's what shocked me. Were you thinking, like, was January very much in your head, Nathan, before Ryan Day brought it up? Not really. I was thinking I had definitely seen some um, concepts floated out there that, it, you know, maybe like a mid-February thing it would have to start in order just to give – if you were trying to keep NFL talent, you were going to have to start relatively early, even with a short season, to give those NFL talents any chance to, to consider this a viable option. But early January um, – was something that I don't think had really been out there in any kind of serious way anywhere else that I'd seen. All right. I have two more points that I want to sprinkle in here. Two really important points about the January season, but I'm going to do that after we get to the question number three, as I teased, ideally, what do you wish Ohio state football would do right now? Again, this is before the January plan. So my options were this play an independent schedule in the fall have it be canceled this fall and not play again until the fall of 21. Cancel this fall, but 
plan and hope for spring or join another conference and play this fall, like be an honorary ACC or Big 12 or SEC member and play this fall. Those were the four options that I gave tech subscribers. Stephen, what do you think won that vote? Again, before the January plan was introduced. I think there was a split maybe between playing an independent schedule, but then also the honorary thing, just because I think it maybe sounds neat when you first just say it without any substance to it. So I think there's some split of that, those two options. But you think the two options that include just to play in the fall. Play in yeah. the fall. Okay. Yeah. Nathan, what do you think won? Yeah, man, in the immediacy before what you learned what we did today, I would say, yeah, people wanted to still find a way to play this fall. Because they see other conferences still playing. Very split. Combined, the two options to play in the fall got 64%. Not playing in the fall then got 36%. The overall breakdown, play as an independent, 37%. Join another conference for the fall, 27%. Cancel for the fall and not play again until fall of 21. That got 22%. Plan for the spring got 14%. So again, that is where my January juice comes from. Loved her on Mad Men, January juice. Because the spring was the least attractive option to me, right? The idea of like, well, let's fight for the fall. Well, let's just give up and... But like, ah, oh, this weird – because I, I, from the Ohio State perspective, because I don't care what a bunch of noodle arms and the rest of the Big Ten are going to do. From the Ohio State perspective, I just was far less interested in a season that did not include Justin Fields, Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, Chris Olave, Sean Wade, Baron Brown. What are we doing? It's a and slap in the face at that point. It, it, you're it's, throwing exi- the it's exhibition season. Like, what's the point of that? And that's not – the only points of that is we talked about Tuesday, and I don't want to go backward, money and opportunity to play for the other guys who play. But in terms of really getting to see the Buckeyes, it's such a less compelling option. And Ryan Day is tremendously aware of that. His January plan to me is all about not playing Ohio State football, but playing this Ohio State season with these guys. That's why it's so different to me and why I think it's so important. And I think, again, I have, I have the January vote that we'll show later, but man, it just made, quote, spring football much more viable in my mind. I guess, you know, one way I think that I was probably, for me, a couple was being a little bit contradictory was I, I was so pessimistic about the spring, but yet I was also very much in favor of any creative solution for the fall, whether that meant moving the Michigan game, whether that meant juggling some other things around. You know, I was the one saying, you know, somebody's going to have to step up and think outside the box. You can't just do this based on our previous traditions and structures. So uh, that's uh, now that I when looking back on it, I think it that's why um, I, I should have been thinking more open to something like this, because I think it, it is what eventually will rescue this if, if there is any chance. I think they should look at each situation as this is what we want to do. And you exhaust every opportunity to do that. Your first thing you want to do is play fall football. Once that is exhausted, your next thing is, and I, I think I agree with you that that's what he's angling at, Ryan Day's angling at, I want to play a season with this team. What's the only way to do that? It's to start it as early as January. And then when that's off the table, then you maybe you consider something else. But you, you do it incrementally. You make sure that option is completely eradicated before you give up on it. Which I think might be the most surprising thing in this, is that I think 
when you, when, you, when the way they they kind of presented things yesterday, the sense of they just just accepted the fact that there's not going to be a fall. It also felt like they accepted the fact that we're never going to see Justin Fields in an Ohio State jersey again. And that's not what they accepted. They just accepted that we're not going to see him playing in September. We're not going to see Sean Wade in September. That, that doesn't mean we're accepting that they are not ever going to play at Ohio State again, which I think is the most shocking part of all that. The, the idea of what do they want to do? The, they don't want to have to go outside the Big Ten because that's just messy. It's not even probably logistically possible, but it just creates hard feelings. So they don't want to do that. And they do want to play a season with this team. The January plan is the only way to do that. Because it's not the Ohio State January plan. Again, if if we haven't stated that clearly, it's the Big Ten January plan. And so now I want to outline the Big Ten January plan. And Ryan Day didn't outline all this, but I'm, I'm sure this is what he means. He talked about it a little bit, I think. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 both play eight-game schedules in January and February. They only play conference games. And the winners of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 meet in, like, the Rose Bowl in the first weekend in March. And then if the other conferences have played in the fall and have crowned some sort of national champ, if they made it through their season in the fall, you leave to history to decide who was the best college football team in that season. And college football can do that because for the first – 85 years that college football existed, Mm -hmm. that's all they did. So Ohio State, if they win that Rose Bowl, they're hanging a banner. And the AP, Nathan, Ralph Russo and those people, they'll figure out something to have a combined vote or they'll have dual champs crowned. Well, I can tell you what they're doing for this fall, or at least what they've told us they're doing for this fall. What's that? Uh, Well, um, so uh, we already have voted for the preseason poll. Those votes were due Monday. Um, I voted Ohio State number one, by the way. Um, so I know they'll get at least – they will have at least one number one vote in the first poll because this poll that we voted in will stand as the preseason poll. It's gonna, if that's the case, they'll have way more than one. But go ahead. But yeah. it, it's good. Right. I mean, I'm it's just saying, but know I'm just your saying, vote, but yes. Yes. They will have, they will have several. They, were, they had that 17, I think, in the coaches' poll. Um, then for successive weeks, those teams will be removed and we'll just be voting on the remaining teams. But Ohio State will be in the preseason poll, so will all of the other Big Ten schools. That's what we have been told as AP voters. So that idea then, guys, if that's what happens, that the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 play, and I'm, I'm going to get to a secondary point, which is like a super important point that I had to like jam into my column right before I sent it because I hadn't explained it. But if that's what happens, that, and that's Ryan Day's play, right? If that's what happens and you wind up with, the champ of these two power five conferences and then the champ of the other three power five plus the American and everybody, anybody else who plays and it's left to history to decide you have split champs. We had split champs as recently as 1997. I mean, this is not ancient history. I know we've seen textures sort of push back on the idea of like, what's the point of this? What are you playing for? Some weird, you know, crammed together thing. Is that enough of a legitimate title to strive for that that adds credence to the January plan. Steven, that if that's what it is, are you should people be any more in on it? Yeah, because one, it's it's better than nothing, but also, you know, you're allowing some things to at least even if there's not a nest, the two teams can never meet in an actual championship game, you at least got to see 
you know, what Ohio State would look like, what Oregon would look like, what a USC would look like, what a Michigan would look like, a Penn State would look like. And then whether it's AP voters or just in a random barbershop, be able to come to a conclusion for yourself. Okay, if the champ of the fall season and the champ of the winter season met, who do you think would win? Which, and it's a 30 for 30 one day, of course, but that's just where, that's where we're going to be at with this. But at least you got to see what everybody had to bring to the table. And is that bad for college football or what you're describing? That debate is a component of that good for college football. That gets everybody talking, which brings interest. Which then, when you come into the fall season, when things go back to normal, knock on, I don't have any wood here, but knock on wood, now you can kind of settle some things. And everybody comes in with the, whoever wins the fall season and whoever wins the winter season comes in with, no, we're the real national championship. No, we're the real national champion. And now we can kind of build that up to, okay, this might be the national championship for the 2021 season. I hate, I've hated that debate in the history of college football when every other sport in the world the NBA and the NFL and everybody else is playing it on the field. But if the only choice is nothing or that, college football has a history of that, mm-hmm. and you can spin it. I'm telling you, Liz, are you still are you still your shirt 45 on the juice meter? Is your juice coming up with just a little bit? It's coming Come up. The, the, like I said, the thing that is bringing me down is I have to see some of this plan go into action. Okay. And then as I see it, it'll rise. But So I have – you know, it's, it's just like what the ACC said. I'm keeping myself at bay because I don't want to get my hopes up. All right, so Nathan, Alabama and Clemson make it through the season. They play in a national championship-type game to cap off the fall season. And then Ohio State plays Oregon in a national championship-type game to cap off the winter season. And you, AP voter, all of a sudden, you have one of the 61 votes or whatever it is that matters more than the AP poll has ever mattered. Because back in the old days, when it was decided by polls, people were driving or walking around. You know, it was horse-drawn carriages. There wasn't even electricity then, like in the 60s. I don't know what was in the 60s. There was horse poop in the road in the 60s, wasn't there? What didn't matter as much back then. And teams, you didn't even know what teams on the other side of the country looked like. You took a train across the country. Air flight wasn't invented until the 90s, I think. So nothing that happened back then mattered as much. This is historic. This is convoluted, and people will be looking for a final decision. Nathan Baird, what do you think of accepting the role of moderating and deciding the Clemson or Alabama, who's the true national champion in the AP poll? You in? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's what is going to happen. If they play a season this fall, I'll be I all know. And I don't think I have a problem with that. I mean, if they if they play a full season and then the, they go ahead and do a four-team playoff where it ends up being Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma or whatever, and then those four games happen and we get a real championship game, I mean, that still seems like a legitimate season to me because there's no guarantee that in every given year every conference is, is involved in the postseason and in that way to be at the top of the poll. So I think I think that'll still be hold up as a pretty legitimate national champion. I'm sorry, even that even though Ohio State won't be in there, I think if that comes to fruition, it holds up as a pretty legitimate national champion. And I think it becomes very difficult for then Ohio State to play this kind of shortened season later and then play the Pac-12 champion and call that uh, and be able to make some kind of argument. So that they that's should be my involved. question. You're not in on my question. I'm not asking about the fall. I'm asking about voting in the final. Then poll you did ask about the fall. You no. were asking about Alabama and Clemson. And then Alabama or Clemson wins that national title, and you have to decide. Right. You combine, you squish them together. Oh, no, you can't combine. You don't want that responsibility. No. 
No, you, it's, you didn't. That's my whole premise that I just explained for the last eight minutes. Well, maybe you should explain it a little bit more concisely. Maybe so you I should listen. You have a fall season and you right. have a winter season. There are three Power Five conferences in one and two Power right. Five conferences in another. And then the only way to decide who the true national champ of the whole season is is an AP poll that combines the results of those two seasons and does a final poll that takes both into account. You want no part of that? You think that's not realistic? I don't want any part of that. I also don't see any way that Ohio State, for instance, emerges as a national champion through that because the teams that actually played a full SEC schedule or ACC schedule or whatever and then had to beat two other playoff caliber teams in order to win that national championship are always going to have favor over this other version, the January version that we're talking about. Um, Would they do that or – just for the sake of, I mean, this is all hypothetical. Since it's only three conferences, Power Five conferences playing, would they just take the three conference champions and then seed them, and then somebody has a bye? Why would you not take four? Why would you not get two games for TV? So we're just all going to throw two SEC teams in, and then one Big Twelve team. Two SEC then- teams make it a lot. Yeah, but that's in a normal year. This isn't normal, so you got to think outside of the box. The American wants it on that, too. The American is already acting like they're going to be the fourth. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about what the American – Cincinnati. Cincinnati is Ohio's team for the fall. No, 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 no. They're not going to think outside the box. They're not going to think outside the box in a way that takes money away from this process. They're not going to give up – they'll have both playoff games, I would almost guarantee it. And then a national championship. So if you don't want to vote in the final poll that combines both seasons, I'll take your vote. I'll take my vote back because I'll vote that. I'll take that responsibility. It's for history, man. You think it's It's, it's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? It's the way college football did it. You're you're comparing two. Yeah, and it was awful. I know, but it was the only option. It's the only option. So then, but I'm saying, but but saying college football did it before, it was awful. Like that's we don't want to go back to that. And and it's you're also comparing apples and oranges at that point. But it did it before when it didn't necessarily have to do it. It would have to do it this time around. Makes for an interesting post because then you have to explain yourself why you thought this was more impressive than this one. So first of all, it's not apples and oranges. It's like Granny Smith apples and and Macintosh apples because there's not really there's barely any non-conference games. Okay, right. Is the ACC playing plus one? The Big 12 is playing plus one against a bunch of crappy teams. So if the idea that Ohio State would play an eight game conference only schedule is not that different than what these other teams are going to do. And these other teams are playing 10, right? Ohio State's playing eight. So the difference is maybe they have to play an extra playoff game. I mean, it's not. It's happening in different time periods of the calendar. If your your implication, it sounds like you're saying that you feel like Ohio State's road would just be significantly easier, and therefore you could not compare it to what anybody did in the fall. I think if I was Ohio State in that scenario, I would want the theoretical comparison more than I would want the actual poll comparison. I think it would be difficult for whatever team, or if it was Penn State going undefeated and then beating Oregon or whoever in a, in a, in a Rose bowl. And then months later trying to then say that that overtakes this three conference full playoff national champion that was already decided that that's not going to happen. So, but you also said you feel like if the three conferences play in the fall and have a four team playoff, that's going to feel like a pretty real playoff to you? It'll be compromised, but I think you're still going to get four 
Um, you're going to get four teams of general playoff caliber out of that. And it's going to be teams that we're expecting to probably be involved in the playoff anyway. I mean, you could, you would theorize right now, Alabama, Clemson, that, that level of team, maybe Georgia, Florida, somebody like that. So I, I think it's going to stand in a lot of people's minds as pretty legitimate. I know that it won't stand that way in Ohio State fans' minds. And I will all wonder what could have happened if Ohio State had been able to play. But um, in, in, in kind of the same way that you would wonder, like, well, what could Ohio State have done if a star player hadn't got injured in week one or whatever? I think you, a team with the type of perception Ohio State has for 2020 being left out of that is a major asterisk and leaves room for it, you to be able to decide between the two different seasons. And you think – a one-game playoff between the Pac-12 champ and the Big Ten champ would be quite a bit lesser than the fall champ. Based on what I think we expect from a team like Oregon or USC right now, who are both teams that I voted for. I think Oregon was in my top 10 and USC was in my top 20. So based on what we expect from those teams, I don't see them as being of that same caliber as Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, um, even maybe Oklahoma. I, I, I think those teams may be on a higher plane and it, it's and, and you only have to beat one of them as opposed to beating two of them in the three conference scenario. Okay, um, I think I disagree with that, but we can get into that later. I, I mean, it's like I don't I I don't know that I would say that they're equal, right? I mean, if it's three power conferences versus two, if it's two playoff games versus one, but I think I think it would be closer than what you're saying. And I just would like to remind people that Alex Grinch's defense sucks at Oklahoma. All right. We'll be right like back. Last year, yeah, we're still in the playoff. Yeah, but why is that legitimate? No. Yeah, Oklahoma no. squatting they and laying, laying an egg against Badly. LSU is no proof to me that that is a more legitimate title because Oklahoma. Clearly, they were clearly the team who did not belong there. Oklahoma's defense blew. That was an embarrassment. Oklahoma was not. Here's a difference. There's a difference between a playoff team and a team in the playoff. That was not a playoff. Yeah. They were in the playoff. They sucked. So if Which that's, been, that's been the deal a lot over the last decade. There's been a lot of times when there's been three legitimate playoff teams and another team just because you have to have four who just happen to be in. That's, that's fine, but I think it's easy to pick on this hypothetical fourth team that I just threw out as some kind of uh, making the whole thing illegitimate and ignoring the fact that you would still have Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, whoever else there. Right, and you can't ignore the fact that the other side would have Ohio State. Um, and Oregon, you're which might be it, really you're good. Just saying, but, you're, but you're not ignoring it, but you're just saying when you compare those two, I just think that it would be difficult to take that hypothetical Ohio State season and trump whatever happens in the fall. We're going to get back to the survey. We've got to run through the rest of these, and then the one other point I want to make about the January season. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk with predictions. Question four. We got a little faster on the questions. I'm bogging down here. What is your guess on what will happen with the rest of college football this fall? One possibility is the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 try to play, and it's a disaster with virus spread and eventual cancellation. One answer is the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 play a fairly normal season and crown a champ. And the other is no one plays. The SEC and others eventually follow along and cancel before the season. Nathan, which do you think got the most votes? The one that is, I think, a season that would start and then be incomplete. Is that that was one of the options? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a disaster and it kind of falls apart in between. Steven, what's your vote? I, that Yeah, I agree with that, that they start it, but they don't finish it. 
very, very, very split. Leading vote was no one plays. They cancel before the season. That was 40%. That would have been my vote. And then the tie, both got 30% were the other two. They try to play and it's a disaster or they play a normal season. So that's basically, that's practically a third, a third, a third, which is interesting because it feels like, again, Nathan, sort of what we're talking about. The answers that we get feels like everybody is assuming the SEC and ACC and Big 12 are going to play a normal season and the Big Ten's going to look terrible. This, this answer, 70% of the people don't think that's going to happen, right? I mean, are you a little surprised that 70% of the people don't think they get a normal season, yet everybody's reacting almost when they write about it under the assumption that there's a normal season? Yeah, again, and that's what I've been trying to remind people. It's like it, it – I think it's – I would – like, Stephen, I would also have voted for there isn't going to be a season in those conferences. I think that they're making decisions right now, as we talked about yesterday, um, based on largely the same science. It's just kind of how they're interpreting and how they're choosing to handle it right now. Um, and that could change in two weeks. And I, I still think it's I, – I very, very, very – pessimistic about getting to a football season this year when you start talking about contact and all that stuff so I think other people out there are smart I think they've read the things that we've written talking to medical experts I think they've read other things I think they know that it's difficult I just think that there a lot of the anger that you've you've seen from the Ohio State fan base and from elsewhere and Ohio State players is why now we 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 did we stop before we found out if we had a shot or not all right, let's move to the next question, Stephen. I'm going to get you on the next question because we've got to move along a little bit. Nathan's got an interview to do. Question five, right now, how worried are you about the future of Ohio State football? The choices are, I'm really concerned that if other leagues play, Ohio State recruiting and reputation will take a hit and the program will take a step back. The other choice is I believe Ohio State will come out of this basically in the same place as a national power. And then I gave a third answer that was like, if you're too conflicted to answer, answer this. Stephen, what do you think the vote was? it would be a problem or it wouldn't be a problem for their future? I think it would be a problem, I think, edged out. Not by a large margin, but I think it won. Nathan? Uh, yeah, I agree. You guys are reading the answers. 45%, 45% they'll take a hit. 44% they'll stay the same. 11% too conflicted to answer. So that's pretty split. Ryan Day, Stephen, Ryan Day kind of said this. Again, Ryan Day, every time you ask Ryan Day a question, he was like, well, that's not going to be a problem because we're going to play in January. Mm -hmm. But if we don't play in January, that would be a problem. He was asked, I think, specifically about recruiting. And he did it. He said that was his answer. If we play in January, it's fine. If we don't play in January and the other schools do play, he did say he thought that could have a negative effect on their recruiting overall. Do you agree with that, Stephen? I do, because one, it throws your scholarships off because all these guys are staying on scholarship. So it throws that number off. But also, yeah, there are some kids who are going to look at that and go, that conference isn't thinking it doesn't have my back. This conference does, and they compete for national championships every year. I'm not going to Ohio State because I'm the Big Ten. I'm going to go to an SEC school. And I think he understands that, which is why he's pushing so hard for, even if they do play in January and the early enroll guys can play, that's maybe, I think, 10 who I've talked to have 100% said they're early enrolling. So that's just 10 extra guys that you have to figure out. While if that doesn't work, and now you're having to figure out maybe 22 to 23 guys in the fall. I do think it definitely, again, a lot of this stuff affects Ohio State more than any other Big Ten team. Ohio State recruits more around the country and more top-shelf guys mm -hmm. from the South and Southwest that, again, they're already asking guys like that to leave their home area. 
And now you're asking a kid in Texas or Florida or Georgia to leave, to come to this place. I don't think it would be like devastating, even in a worst case scenario for them, which is everybody else plays a great normal season. Ohio State doesn't play at all. But I, I, I could imagine it affecting some kids maybe in 2022. I don't know that they'd see guys rushing out of the 21 class. I could see because those guys are kind of in already. Yeah. But, it, the, but the next group of 2022 guys in the South and Southwest and California, for instance, although the Pac-12 is not playing either. California, they might be okay. But the South and Southwest, maybe it's just harder to get their foot in the door, Stephen. Especially in 2022, I think Texas and Georgia lead the way as far as Ohio State offers right now. I mean, those guys might just stay in their area instead because of this. So it's, it might not swing everybody, but that top 10 player in the country, that top 50 player in the country, one or two of those every recruiting class, and it starts to catch up. But I don't think it will fundamentally change who they are. No, no. There are some fascinating questions still I hear to me, though, and I know we don't want to drag too long about this, but if we're wrong and the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 get to play a full football season this fall and things clear up in terms of the virus and, and, and are, are better in some ways there, what does the NCAA do about recruiting and the rules that go along with that and who can host visits and who can't? Because that's where it starts to really potentially hurt a program like Ohio State or anybody in the Big 12 or the Pac-12, where you start having two sections of the country that are just in a completely different um, – two com- completely different uh, portals, basically. A game day of if, – if, if they open the recruiting dead period during this fall and the SEC, Big 12, and ACC are allowed to play, that game day official visit's going to hurt. Because, I mean, Mayan Williams committed right after the Penn State game. And I understand that's a three-star, but that's, you've got a commitment on the day of a football game. And Ohio State doesn't have that opportunity anymore the same way Alabama will. Which, which that, will, that will bring me to the last point that I wanted to get to. And we still have a couple survey questions that we'll do, but I want to make this point. That's why I think Ryan Day thinks the January season is so important and why it even makes more sense. Because the, the two options are the NFL and the SEC – the NFL and or – the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 play football this fall. And they show the Big 10 that you can play and not have super spreading virus events. You can play and not have serious health issues for the players. If that happens this fall, the Big 10 stopped contact because they were worried about health and or liability, right? They stopped contact. If you have proof then you should feel very good about playing in January. You'll be in a very different spot. And then if, those, if the NFL and or the SEC, Big 12, and ACC don't play in the fall, then you don't have to play in the spring. Then you're like, you don't have to play in January. Everybody's canceled. Or if they try to play and it's a disaster, then you don't play. By January, they will have so much more information. But the idea that January can more replicate the normal fall experience, but yet give you all this extra information, if they play in January, they won't be playing blind. But then that's so much better than playing in March. You get Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade on the field, maybe. Best chance at it, hopefully. But you do it with knowledge that you don't have right now. So you have to be ready for January. And, like, that's such a huge thing. If the Big Ten's being extra cautious, look, the less cautious people, they were fine. So that's why I think the January thing makes even more sense because the idea of 
you plan for January, and then if it goes bonkers, if the NFL has to cancel ever, then you don't play. Then you just cancel with everybody else. I just think it's such an obvious point, but I had to rewrap my head around that. Nathan, like, isn't that just a gigantic part of this? It, it, it's what makes January make sense. I, I think what both Stephen and I still have questions about is how does January plus next fall make sense? Mm-hmm. So, but Stephen, do you agree that point of it? Because the other thing, like when they when the Big Ten made their announcement, they were saying by the spring we'll have better testing. We assume we'll have yeah. more instantaneous testing that would allow us to. But again, you'll also have the proof of okay, well maybe if you don't have the testing, th- whatever the Big Ten has won't be. There's worse. going to be a blueprint. There'll be a blueprint yeah. put in place. Whether whether the fall fails or succeed, there's a blueprint of whether or not it's possible. Okay, so let's 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 drill down on this. So I just thought I just wanted to. I mean, like that's a little bit like duh. But it's also like, if you didn't think of it, man, that's a, that's a huge stinking deal. Okay, so let, let me say this. Best case scenario, whatever, let's say that the, big, the, the other teams play in the fall and the Big, the big Ten plays an eight-game season in January and February that culminates with a March Rose Bowl. How many games could Ohio State play in the fall of 2021? Realistically, logistically, safely, all those things. Steven, what would that season look like in your opinion? Total guess, but let's do it. Ten, max. And then a regular postseason? A regular postseason. And maybe you play nine conference games and you get one non-conference game for the sake of playoff implications. That's max. Nathan? I think you're looking – if you're going to have a postseason, I think you're talking about an eight-game regular season. So so then we'll we'll uh, uh, I'm there I'm one of those two I don't I, I would agree probably maybe you don't go twelve but then again if you're just whacking if you're getting rid of the terrible games anyway play the nine conference games and one good non conference game or whatever even if you play one bad non conference game or just play eight regular season games right you play your division foes and the cross division and that's it I think that's fine too um, so then final, final answer on this before we get to the last three survey questions, and thanks to everybody who's listening. If, the, if that's the ideal scenario, if, if you could get an eight-game season with the Rose Bowl in the winter and then an eight- to ten-game season in the fall with the postseason or nothing and then a full season in the fall of 2021, and we know that there, it's more complex than that, but let's just do those two choices. Nathan, which one do you pick? I think if you're Ohio State, you pick what Ryan Day proposed today, but I don't know if that's true for every team. Steven? I think all that is what – you pick the January 8-game schedule with the 8-10 to 10 game schedule in the fall because then you, stay, you keep up. But I, I, do, I think Ohio State would pick that for sure. I agree with that, Nathan. But I'm not sure why Wisconsin or Maryland or anybody else wouldn't pick it because – the, this is stuff we talked before. Opportunity for the players on the current team who won't have it in the fall and TV money. So what do you think would be the negative? We understand Ohio State wants this team on the field. What's the negative for Purdue or Maryland or Iowa or anybody else in the Big Ten to not do the eight-game winter and then eight or ten in the next fall? I think it remains to be seen what the TV revenue would be for this this truncated spring season. And you also have to remember if you were – there's some reason for optimism that if you came back in the fall, you could play a full fall season with attendance, which you may not be able to still play with attendance in the spring. So I think that's another thing. We talk about finances. That's another 
part here where you're going to have the seven home games with a full stadium that you're going to, and, and you're giving some of that up to have the four home games in January and February, which are going to be miserable anyway, but potentially with nobody in the stadium. I think that's another thing that has to be remembered in terms of this. And also Ohio state has more, the most incentive to get this team on the field this season, probably even more than a place like Penn state to get, to get it on the field this season, because I think there's reasonable expectation for it to take some kind of a little dip in 2021, possibly. So they need to get this, you know, to maximize their championship window that we talked about before, you know, those dynastic windows, you want to get some competition from this season in. If you can't, um, they lose a lot more than those other teams you're talking about. I think that's a really good point about attendance. I hadn't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. But like that's from a financial standpoint, empty stadiums versus potentially full stadiums. That is a huge financial thing to consider. Nathan, you got to go at 430. Is that right? Correct. Eight minutes. Here we go. Long term, not just for one season. What is best for Ohio State as a football program and university considering how all this went down? The choices are join another conference, become an independent powerhouse or stay in the Big Ten. Which one do you guys think won? Steven? Become an independent school probably won that one just based off how emotions are going, but stay in the Big Ten probably wasn't far behind. Nathan? I think either become an independent or leave for another conference probably won, but the, the correct answer is stay in the Big Ten. Here we go with our very reasonable survey voters. 74% stay in the Big Ten. Oh, okay. Even as mad as they are. And then 13% for independent or another conference. So that's three quarters of the people as mad as they are still believing this is the best place for Ohio State. I agree with you guys. That surprised me a little bit, but I liked the answer. I liked the answer by our smart tech subscribers. That's probably another one where if you would have asked immediately after, though. I mean, it's still, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I'm reading every text that we get. They're angry texts, brother. I'm like, this, they oh, have, yeah. they're not backing off. So they're still pretty darn mad. So, I mean, maybe it would have been 60% instead of 74%, yeah. but I'm still impressed by that 74%. Question seven, how would you describe your emotions right now? One option, I love the Buckeyes, but I'm okay with all this. Another option is, I, not to overstate it, but this is one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. One is, I'm hurt right now, but I'll feel better in a day or two. Or one is, I'm trying my best to have perspective, but I'm really upset and will feel like this for a while. So sort of in order from feeling the worst to feeling the best, this is one of the worst feelings ever. I'm trying to have perspective, but I really feel it. I'm hurting, but I'll be fine in a couple days, or I'm okay right now. Which one do you think won, Steven? I'm hurting, um, but basically give me some time. But right now, I'm hurting. Nathan? Yeah, I think that's. I think they probably still have the larger perspective and maybe some hope. So, it, yeah, the pain right now, but I'll work through it. 65%, I'm trying my best to have perspective, but I'm really upset and will feel like this for a while. So overwhelming, that one, two-thirds. 15%, not to overstate it, but this is one of the worst things I've ever, that's ever happened to me. 12%, I'm hurting right now, but I'll feel better in a day or two. 9%, I love the Buckeyes, but I'm okay with it. So sort of of the four, the four ratings, like the second worst feeling was the overwhelming answer. And the worst, I, the worst, I'm feeling the worst answer was second. So that's 80% of the people like really, really not feeling great, but at least trying to have perspective, but really upset and feel like this for a while, 65%. Number eight, and again, very important. And again, this has affected my juice level about the January plan. Will the Big Ten play spring football? That was it. Yes or no. 
Steven, this was sent before the January plan. Will they play in the spring? That prediction. How many people do you think said yes? What percent said yes, they'll play in the spring? 55. 55 said yes to the spring. Mm -hmm. Nathan? 34. Seven. Wow. Jeez. 93% said no spring football. 7% said yes, spring football. Not what they want, but what they predict. So that is what, again, that influences me. Like, that's kind of what I thought, man, I don't know how this is going to work. All the guys are going to go to the NFL. How do you squeeze it in? What? And the January plan brought it all into focus, which is why I am 100% on the juice scale. Let's go to this. I waited as long as we could. This question went out on its own after the reveal of the January plan. Not as quite as many votes as for the other ones. What do you think of the Ryan Day eight-game season plan starting in January? Here are the choices. I'd prefer a March-April spring. So, like, you know, I get it, but I'd rather play it late in the year. More of a spring than a winter. Forget it whatever, forget all this, skip it, just come back in the fall of 2021. That was another answer. I love it. I think it can actually happen. That was a choice. I like it, but it seems impossible was a choice. And it's better than playing like in the actual spring. It's better than March and April, but I don't know. It's still not great. Okay. So in order of like excitement, there's love it. And I think it can happen. Like it, but it seems impossible. It's okay. Then there's forget about it and just come back in the fall. And then there's I like spring, but I want March, April. What do you think is leading Nathan? The one, I guess the fourth one that you read the first time, the I, I like it, but it, it, because there was impossible. just so much pessimism for a spring at all, that's the one I think was probably still winning. Like it, but seems impossible is your vote, yeah. Stephen. Yeah, I like it, but seems impossible, you know, just because – you have to kind of guard yourself right now. So yeah. actually, the one that won was the one right in the middle. The better than actual spring, but still not great. So not a ton of juice to that. But it was very close. Not a single person voted for March, April, spring. So that got 0%. No. 10% said skip all of this and just come back in the fall next year. That was 10%. And then here was a division. Better than actual spring, but still not great, 33%. I like it, but it seems impossible, 29%. I love it, and I think it can actually happen, 28%. So practically an even third, third, third split there. But definitely a little more, I think, um, not pessimism, but like – Bittersweet. But what? Bittersweet. Yeah. If it, if it Cause it's, I think Ohio State fans want – a grab at Alabama and Clemson in a spring season does as of how things stand a January season wouldn't allow that. And that's, I think we're, that's who they want. So, so let me ask this then as my final thing, do you think if the big 10 put out a reasonable January plan right now, the next week or two, that it could lead the ACC, SEC and big 12 to do that? Now, That's a somebody, fantastic question. Somebody has a plan. We oh, don't oh, have oh. to go for the fall. We don't have to risk all of our NFL guys going. Let's all play January, February, have the playoff in March, and get out. I don't know if they would do it immediately, but I think it would um, – It would. 
it would be intriguing to them because it would give them an option. Right now, there's kind of a gun to your head, right? I mean, sorry to, to make a bad analogy, but it's like I think a lot of people, before they start hearing plans like this, because they feel like that late spring option is untenable, so they, they feel like they're forced into it. Either we're playing or we've got nothing. This gives them another option that is, is more palatable than pulling that trigger. Nathan, if you have to go, you can bail. But, Stephen, what do you think? I wouldn't rule out just because of a lot of things he said, but also because the ACC Big 12 already have schedules, they can kind of take their time because their stuff is kind of built in the same way the Big, 12, Big 10 had theirs. And so they can actually take their time and review this. And if they need to push their season back a little bit just in order to view this, they can. So they are pushed back. But I, I do think if the Big 10 got, got this out in the next, let's say, two weeks from now, and by the middle of September, the ACC and the SEC are just like, oh, I don't know. It gives you an option. Mm-hmm. It's a middle lane. It's a little bit thread in the needle, but it's not, the, the, it's not a needle. It's, it's an actual – it's a lane that's in between this weird spring that nobody really seems that excited about and playing right now. It's the winter proposal. And, and I just think people have to get that in their head. Just like we said yesterday on the Tuesday pod, use the C word. Nothing's postponed. Fall football was canceled. This is not spring football. It's winter football. And I know we didn't get into the weather. Listen, it's not like there's a snowstorm every day in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Nebraska, Apparently New Jersey, no Pennsylvania. Anymore. I, I mean, like, and so – and I think Landis, someone told me, I haven't had a chance to listen to Ari and Landis's podcast, but I think someone said Landis brought up the idea of playing some games indoors, right? You have, mm-hmm. you have, you have, uh, um, you know, you have. Minnesota used to play in a dome. They can do it again. Yeah. I mean, you have Indianapolis, but even like if you need to move some games, right, to say, well, we're mm-hmm. going to play this, but we're going to play, we're going to play Ohio State. It doesn't even have, you, you could play Ohio State, Michigan State inside in Detroit. You could play Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Purdue or Ohio State, Indiana, inside in Indianapolis. You know, you could have some double headers or triple headers or get creative if you felt like the weather was really an issue. But I will say, I just think a middle lane that tries to pre- it tries its best to preserve all the best things, which is giving more of the best players the chance to play, giving, giving everybody a little more time to try to figure out testing to try to figure out contact tracing all that kind of stuff you get a little more time i just think it 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 almost blew me away i just wasn't there steven i just was not my head was nowhere close to where ryan day's head was when he presented all this and that's why i'm at 100 so i i don't know in the end we'll end with this steven just the idea of all right i mean people said can it actually happen got like 29 percent. the idea of getting the rest of the big 10 getting kevin warren and probably trying to get the Pac-12 so you can have this carrot of the Rose Bowl at the end. Uh, just how realistic do you think that is, that, that, that Ryan Day and Ohio State could get everybody else who needs to get on board on board? I'm not going to rule it out because he threw the idea out there 24 hours after the news happened. And so he's already trying to get the ball rolling. It's not like it's been a month and then he goes, hey, we, I got an idea. This is – they got right to work on this, which to the point of if you're going to be optimistic – there's your optimism. That they didn't wait around a little while before they did this. He jumped on it immediately. And which you, you gave yourself time for any maybe not I'm not gonna say failures, but any maybe questions you do have in the plan to get fixed. And and it does just it's it's enough of a distance. It's enough distance mm-hmm. from September, October, and November 
but it's not too much distance, which feels like the spring feels like too much distance. So that's, yeah. and then, you know, I, I don't know. Cause they're talking right now, as soon as football got canceled, you went right to basketball. How are they going to do yeah. big 10 basketball and PAC 12 basketball? The PAC 12 has already canceled all non-conference games, all basketball activity through the end of the calendar year. They're not doing anything until 2021. Um, it's one of those things I, I'm not so sure that that football's not safer than basketball in some ways, right? That that the NBA's been in a bubble, but you're not going to be able to have a bubble on campus. And then if you try to have any fans in there, the people around, I mean, it's a very similar thing, at least to me, that less that, people, I think, that you have to worry about with testing and stuff would be the only. Yeah, the contact's pretty similar. You're going to be touching each other, but I just think it's with basketball, it's less people that you have to consider their health values. It's 15 people at the team versus. 120 when you add in the walk-ons and everybody else. But if, and it's another thing, if, if the big 10 is willing to have a basketball season, yeah, I don't, maybe it doesn't automatically mean they'd be ready for a January football season. But again, it's another, it's another, if you start, if you did start basketball in November, it's another thing that you would learn from. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just think that part of it, there's a lot of things about the Ryan day plan, but I also feel like the, the, the time frame. You give another couple months, but not so far that you're like disconnected from this year. I just love every part of it, and that's why I'm at 100. All right. I thought that was really interesting. I hope you guys listen. And this is what I told our tech subscribers. Come on. Just be a tech subscriber already. Once everybody listening to this podcast is a tech subscriber, I'll stop talking about it. But right now, I'll just tell you, you know, we have significantly more text li- or podcast listens than we do tech subscriptions. So I got to keep talking about it because, you know, cash. What was I saying? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just. Uh. What was I saying there at the end? I was going to make a point. Oh, I told the tech subscribers this. Don't get your hopes up because there's a lot of we we really we let it all hang out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday on the tech subscription, and then people when I started texting out the Ryan Day Zoom call, they were like, "Doug, you're doing it to me again." Monday gave me hope. Tuesday crushed my soul. Now you're giving me hope again. What are you doing to me? So here's my advice. Assume you will not see an Ohio State Buckeye in uniform on a football field playing a game until September 2021. Assume that. And if the January plan happens and you see Justin Fields on a field for the Buckeyes in January, it will be the greatest gift of your sporting life. So don't Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Do be not Justin Fields. He's always even kill. Be like Justin Fields. And like all this happened, Justin Fields had a Heisman season, a yep. national championship season ripped away from him, and his tweet was SMH. Yeah, be Justin Fields, Ohio State. Adopt, follow your quarterback, even kill, no matter who you're talking to. And then you know what? If if you get what you want, I bet you Justin Fields. If he actually won the Heisman, he'd be excited, right? So he'd show excitement then. I think if uh, honestly, if they announced that there was a January season, his tweet is going to be a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's going to be a picture and a thumbs up. They're playing in January and they're delaying the Heisman vote until March. Justin (laughs) Fields is like, that's cool. Um, All right, thanks you guys for listening. Drop a podcast review at Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. We still do write for a living. And we're still doing five days a week. So that was fun. I just love the idea of it. We'll see what happens. We'll keep monitoring it. We'll keep you updated. 
There's a lot happening with Ohio State football, and we hope you keep hanging with us. On behalf of Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.